Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their community. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Our guest today is going to be a true first-time repeat guest. We had Bret Hart Part 1 and Bret Hart Part 2, but uh, this guest is officially back in the recording studio for the second time. You know him. You love him. His name is Sam Pearson. Sam, how are you doing this evening? Pretty good, buddy. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very well, man. Uh, first off, what is your purpose? State it for those that don't know. Um, what did we say last time? To be a good husband, a good friend. Um, future father. Future father. Yes, sir. Yeah. Can't yep. forget that one. First of all, I'm slightly disappointed. You should have that down by heart by now. Um, you've listened to enough of these. <laughs> you should know your purpose by heart, but yeah. that may have caught you off, off guard that I was going to ask it twice. But, a little bit. Um, no, man, lots, lots happened between, uh, honestly, it's only it, it's been a little bit more than a week. I think we recorded that, what, two weeks? I think Yeah, so. it was two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah you weeks. were our last guest, but two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you, and you don't have to say it, but you did find out the gender of your kid. You don't yeah. have to say it live. Oh, um, okay. You don't have to say it live, but you found out the gender of your kid, and you did a Spartan race in between then and now, correct? Yeah, I did. That's awesome. Um, which one were you more excited about? Uh, since my wife is going to listen to this. <laughs> uh, I knew I was going to put you no, on the spot with no, McKinley. No, um, we found out it was a boy and I'm super excited. That's cool. That's cool. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I found out you completed the Spartan race literally like two minutes before I started recording. Really? Um, yeah. On, uh, I don't think it came through while I was recording cause I put mine on do not disturb. Right. But like two minutes before I started recording, yeah. you, you let me know. Yeah. And so that was really cool. Um, yeah, it was it was cool. I, I'm so happy that you found something and, and went and did it. Yeah, no, for sure. I'd, I'd seen them almost since they started, and I'd always wanted to do one. Yeah. And always had reasons not to, and I finally just was like, screw it, let's do one. Yeah, fuck it. Let's, you know, fuck yeah. it, we ball. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, no, I was super excited that you did it. And, and I'm going to be honest, it, part of it was kind of a lack of knowledge of what the Spartan race was going to be like. Yeah. But I was a little worried when you said you had it, like, in October. Yeah. Because um, you, you didn't schedule it until what? It was, like, the end of August? The week before, maybe. Um, or not the week, the month before. Sorry. Yeah, the month before. It was, like, the end of August, 1st of yeah. September. Yeah. And you said, hey, I scheduled this for October. And I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. good on you. <laughs> And you know, so. for, for his little training, I mean, I still completed it. I passed every obstacle but the spear yeah. throw, and that just comes down to skill. Um, I still, out of the entire race, I still com- finished in the top 51% out of anybody. Yeah. No, dude, I think you did awesome. Yeah. And I just didn't know what it was like because yeah. um, I was really – and you're light and – you're light and fast and pretty strong, so yeah. um, I, I knew you were going to do reasonably well. I just I had no clue what the obstacles looked yeah, like, and I, I was like, "This is three miles worth of." Yeah, I surprised myself honestly. I didn't yeah. think I was going to pass everything. Yeah, I really didn't. Um, so, nah, dude, I'm super glad that you went and did it, and uh, whatever. What I knew you would get through it, and I remember oh, talking yeah. about this with Scott because we were. It was it was the Friday before the Friday before you went down. Right. Um, he and I went out to Fast Eddie's, and uh, he was like, "Sam's doing that," and I was like, "Yeah, man." And I was like, "I." I think he, I, I'm sure he's going to get through it. I don't know how it's going to oh, go. I'd finish regardless. But yeah, I knew. Well, I knew you were going to finish. Yeah, because I know you. But yeah. I was like, I don't know how it's going to go. I didn't either. Uh, you know, just to be honest, like I said, I didn't know what it was like, yeah. and so, and I, I knew you, I knew you weren't like running, running, no. and so, no. um, you didn't like run to train. No, and, I was not super prepared for this. No. Yeah, and so I was like, I have no clue what it's going to be like. 
Um, and you don't do CrossFit, which is just a shame. But yeah. um, no, dude, su- super congrats on on both things. Thanks, and buddy. Uh, yeah, dude, you got that kid coming. I'm so glad that it is the gender that I don't know if you've said it yet. I did but already. Yeah, I'm super glad that you're having a boy. That's yeah. gonna be really cool. Yeah. Um, that that that'll be. That, that's just cool. Yeah. Uh, not that a girl is any less cool, but we both know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Sam, uh, the order of the day is to, we're going to do a little bit of Q&A. Okay. Um, I think we're going to do the Q&A first. Okay. And then um, I kind of want to talk with you about dating to marry. So you and I were both in some pretty sound relationships yeah. um, comparatively. I mean, from the outside looking in. Um or from the inside looking out, they, they seem pretty sound. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when we look at your relationship and hopefully when you look at ours, we can both agree that, you know, we're pretty soundly, uh, we have we have good relationships to be able to speak from a position of authority yeah, uh, on how sure. you ended up into that position. Sure. So um, I wanted to talk to you about that and kind of set our guys up for, um, you know, these young men that are coming out of high school and looking for a suitor, looking for somebody to marry. I really wanted to kind of get you in here and talk about what we did right, what we did wrong, and what we kind of prescribe for, for younger men that are going to go and, and get into a marriage. Uh, I think that sounds pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Cool, man. Well, first, we're going to start with a um, a little bit of Q&A. We're not going to do any of the rapid fire questions, but... I do want to ask, so I had some of these uh, listener submitted questions come in, and one of them was, what is a man's greatest struggle? That's kind of, it's a vague question, but I think we can give an answer. What do you think a man's greatest struggle is? I think, honestly, it's staying true to yourself. Yeah. Um, Finding values that you can stand behind and then sticking with them. Yes, sir. I feel like that is a huge... It's a struggle in today's society. I think it is. Yeah. Because people always want to be right or what society thinks is right. Yeah. And if they don't agree with that and if their values don't align with that, I don't think a lot of people are willing to stand up for that. They'll just kind of sit back and let everything happen around them without sticking up for their values. Yeah, I think... I, I can agree with that. Um, I don't know that it's the greatest struggle in my just my opinion, um, but I agree with that. Um, maybe that's a little bit of my notion. I, I feel like that's a part of world the, the part of the world that we're in that's not as bad. Maybe. But I can see that in in the broader society yeah. of you know really trying to stay to your values and to your uh, there's a word for it I forget uh, principles yeah um, stick to your principles I could see how that would be a struggle mm-hmm. outside of the world and, and it is a struggle you know for sure um, it's a constant maintenance type thing yeah. of constantly knowing what your values are and what your principles are right. and sticking with that have you have you experienced any of that trouble on your own or do you know any friends that have, have dealt with some of that I don't know specifically that I've had anything like that but I do have a lot of different opinions than most people on some things right and um, and I, it's the same thing. It's one of those you have to, in the moment, you have to decide if it's worth the argument or if yeah. it's easier to just let people think what they think and not have to deal with it. Exactly. Um, and Jordan Peterson actually talks about that in his second book about uh, not leaving sharp objects in the fog. Right. Where you stumble into them and stab yourself. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things. It's, is it worth it now? Is it not worth it? Um, just kind of one of those. But staying true to yourself regardless of if it's worth it or not. Uh, yeah. And the more you talk about it, the more I agree with you on the, on the premise that it is a difficult thing yeah. because you know, 
we're in a world today where even in our part of the world, some of the things that you and I believe can't be said yeah. just in public. You, you just can't talk about um, yeah. And not that they're like inappropriate or anything like that. No. It's just you're, the ramifications of what other people around you would want to like argue about and push back on you. Exactly. You know, like for example, for abortion. Yeah. Um, if you and I were to share our views on abortion, yeah. if we were to go down there to the Walmart right now, there's a <laughs> damn good chance There'd that, be a brawl. yeah, I mean like some very <laughs> overweight, you know, like very like rough people would not, you know, not have not be, look kindly on that. You exactly, know what I mean? Exactly. Like, um, yeah, sorry. I was going to make a joke, but I'll, I'll stay away. Um, keep it serious. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And I fight that battle with a lot of people too, because, you know, people will look at me and, you know, I'm pretty open about my values right, right. to a certain extent. I have tact, you know what I mean? Like there's people at the gym that, yeah. you know, they don't, I'm sure they know where I'm. I mean, you can fucking look at me and read me like a book. I mean, like it's not that fucking hard. Um, but there's people, and and to the other thing, you know, for Republicans too. You know what I mean? Like I don't completely align with like the right either. No, and sure. there's a lot of people that don't know exactly where I stand on some things. Yeah. Even at the gym, because I do hold back a little bit. Right. But I I also fight people on. Hey, look, you need to you need to speak your mind about this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's important yeah. that we talk about this, and it's important that you hold to your values yeah. because ignoring the situation is just as bad as, as flopping on your values. I think exactly. Um, kind of what we talked about in, in the last episode uh, when we were talking about like getting involved in your local politics and stuff like that. Yeah, ignoring the situation is just as bad as as, as participating. You know, yeah, flipping the other way. Yeah, you know what I mean. If you if you feel passionately about everybody should have the right to own an AR-15 or, you know, the second amendment is absolute. Mm-hmm. If you feel passionately about that, being ignorant of the fact and, and not participating in that, in that conversation is just as bad as, as being the other people that say, no, exactly. you know, you can't own any of it. Yeah. And so I, I, I think I agree with you that it's becoming increasingly more difficult, mm-hmm. um, to, to do that. And, and the man's greatest struggle is sticking to those values. I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. When I was prepping for this, I was thinking that I really think that a, a true, a good man's greatest struggle is probably, I think, providing and serving um, without without thanks, maybe. Yeah, for um, sure. I think that's kind of, that's, that's where I was thinking is like getting your work boots on every single day and being the one to to go out and provide and not getting thanks very often. Yeah. Um you know, there's a lot of good women out there and I think you and I have good women. Right. Um but you know, for the dudes that don't have women or even for some of the dudes that don't have good women, right. I, I think that's pretty hard. And it I think is. a lot of dudes face that. Yeah, it is. And I mean it's even hard with good women behind you. Yeah. Um it, it, it is because you give, you know, they give up a lot of interest and neither of us have kids. So maybe our, maybe our answer will be not different, but maybe our tone will change a little bit. Maybe. They do give up a lot for children, for sure. um, for the family and stuff like that, or in an ideal, like Hopefully in an ideal do. realm, you, yeah. you know, like in an yeah. ideal world, yeah. they do. Um, I think where a lot of dudes get caught is, you know, the, the, the kid ends up spending all their life at daycare and public school yeah. and single mom doesn't give any thanks for the dude, you know, providing all this stuff. Right. And she's not 
actually putting in the work to build a family. They've got other people doing it, you know, right. like pre-K and right. not pre-K, but daycare and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, if she's not like putting more money on the table, right. you know what I mean? Like there's right. those scenarios where it's not given equally yeah. and it does go the other way around. Yeah. But I feel like largely men face that problem of having to provide and not getting the, the thanks out of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, in, in proportion. And that part of that's being a man, you know, part of that is. is going, putting your boots on and providing, you know, without thanks. But I do think that that's a pretty big struggle of keeping that positive headspace really and is. keeping out of a depression um, sure. while you're doing that. Um, that's one thing. It was, it was said kind of jokingly, but like my wife recently switched from night shift to days. Yeah. And sometimes she has to get up with me at 4.30 or 5 in the morning. Yeah. And she'll say, she's like, oh, I don't know how you did it. Like, I don't know how you do it mm-hmm. or how you've done it for all these years. And I'm like, you have to. I mean, you got to. I mean, there's it's not yeah. a choice for me. You know, yeah. I have to get up and go to work. That's just the way it is. That's the way things are. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of guys see themselves like that, and I think that's good. You know what I mean? We're yeah. we're here to talk about our purpose, and I think that yeah. for a lot of men, that is their purpose is to yeah. provide. Um, I'm not talking down on that at all. No, for sure. I, I do just think it's a big struggle of men knowing that they've been put in that position by by what they think is society. Yeah, and I think it's good. I think these these traditional gender roles are awesome. Oh, for but sure. But if you want to talk about a man's greatest struggle, maybe what drives men into depression the most is going out and providing every single day, having the weight of the world. And I'm not talking about the weight of the whole world, but the weight of their world oh, for sure. on their shoulders and not ever getting any sort of thanks or, or gratitude yeah. from, from some of the people around them yeah. until it's too late. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. I mean, um, and you've seen... It's kind of a from like the anti-work stuff where it's like work a job that you hate to afford shit you don't need, you yeah. know, just this whole. And I mean, and if you're not getting any gratitude, it's going to seem that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be killing yourself at work and you're like, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah. You know what? There's no, if there's no purpose to it. Right. If you're not getting the gratitude for it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And, you know. One of the things, thank God I've got a good woman, you know what I mean? Because like, yeah, she gets plenty of gratitude, you know, and she, she knows that like my job may not be as difficult and laborious as hers, but mine comes with a lot of mental stresses and, you know, she knows that the responsibility of keeping us fed is on my shoulders. Right. Like she has, I think a little bit more difficult of a job where she's up all the time and, you know, dealing with these kids and, you know, these kind of messed, not messed up. That's kind of bad. Um, these disadvantaged children that, um, you know, it's hard to deal with, but she also knows that she could quit that job at any time and, and we could still be, okay. be fed. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if I, if I quit my job, we are fucked. You know right. what I mean? Like right. we're done. Um, so she's very appreciative of that. And, and, and again, dudes do be appreciative of your wife and she'll be appreciative of you. Oh, like for sure. the number one key to getting appreciation is to give appreciation. Like, but I assumed that was Maybe I shouldn't make any assumptions. That's number one is oh, to give appreciation. Absolutely. But, you know, like today we went and I bought a, a, a knife for a buddy um, that uh, just recently had a kid and it was a super nice knife and it really wasn't, I mean, it was less than what we thought it was going to be. And I was like, damn, I kind of want that. Like <laughs> I was looking at it. I was like, I kind of want one that matches his because right. I'm a knife guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, she was like, get it. And I was like, nah, you know what I mean? Nah. And she, but she's always been super supportive of that because she knows that I have all that responsibility on my shoulders. Right. You know, she, she, she goes above and beyond to support me for that. And with a lot of men don't have that. I mean, a lot of men don't have that. And it's the same. It's almost weird to have that. 
because I have the same thing. I'll see something. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like I yeah. want it. And she'll be like, get it. And I'm like, nah, no. Yeah. And it's it's the same way. Your, your wife and I literally partnered to get you a, a yeah. birthday present. Yeah. So. And see, that's the same thing. I saw one. Like we had talked about it and I was like, oh, those are cool. I looked some up and I was like, nah, I'm not going to spend that much money on myself. Yeah. And then uh, we even came across a cheaper version in Academy and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, nah. she was like, buy it. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. It, you know. <laughs> Having a good woman helps a lot, but for sure. to to get back to the original question, what is a man's greatest struggle? I like both of those, and I think both of those, oh, absolutely, uh, you know, both of those really work. And and just to reiterate, it was yours was you know sticking to your values, sticking to your principles, uh, principles in an ever changing world, in a world that hates hates a strong man's principles. <laughs> absolutely, I mean, it, you know, it's it's hard enough to be you know a good man especially like a, a good white man these days like you know like the world hates you it you does. know it, it really does yeah and uh if and even if you're you know a strong man of color like people don't like strong masculine values they don't and so holding you know holding steadfast in those um you know like my, my buddy jonah um yeah. even even him like he's starting to kind of see some of the the things that he truly believes in as a good man yeah you know even being a man of color in these times like they they run counter it's counterculture to be a good strong man it really is you know what i mean and uh it's toxic masculinity yeah toxic masculinity yeah and so i do agree with you that that is one of their greatest struggles and then the the one that i had about um you know providing without appreciation i yeah. think that's those are both really good Absolutely. so i hope you got your question answered whoever asked that <laughs> um so here was another one that what this is this is kind of an oddly where it's a really good question, but the 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 question makes it hard to answer. So the the question was, what was the hardest thing you've had to do that didn't pay off, and then what was the hardest thing you had to do that did pay off, and then what did you learn? So Sam and I were talking about this, and the problem is you're asking what we learned on the first one, and so it makes it really hard to pick something that didn't pay off. Yeah, because then we have to. Then we have to be like, oh well, I learned from it. Yeah, and I so like, like yeah. we're we're trying to think of things that didn't work out for us, and we're like, well, we, it paid off because we learned a whole bunch from it. So yeah, and that goes back to as far as from the last episode of getting rid of that nihilism in my new yeah outlook. Yeah, as far as like the unwavering positivity thing, so it, it's hard to have a bad experience where something was just absolutely horrible and you didn't learn something from it. Yeah. Um. And even if it was as simple as whatever it was was horrible, you learned you don't like that anymore. Yeah. You don't want to do that again. Yeah. I mean, so it's hard to just find something that you didn't learn anything from. Yeah, you can completely write it off. Yeah. And then tell you what we learned from it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's kind of why we're a little bit stuck on that first one. And um, I'll go ahead and give my answer first. Um, maybe some of the friendships that I've had as far as what was the hardest thing you've had to do that didn't pay off. Um, maybe some of the friendships that I've tried to have or, or tried to keep some of the some of the family ties, some of the family relationships that I tried to keep going for so many years. Um, I had to swallow my ego on a lot of those. And you know, sometimes it just didn't work out. You know, I'm not going to go into super specifics. Um, yeah, I learned a lot and I'll tell you what I learned from them. But I had to swallow my ego. I can think of two or three times to where I, I really had to put effort in and really had to swallow my ego and and try to time into this person and it just didn't work out and so that's the that's kind of the first thing that came to mind on something that i'm not getting any benefit from right now um 
I honestly can't think of much else. You know what I mean? Like I was going to go the college route because I spent so much damn money for a piece of paper, but I've got a really good job now and I would have never had that without my college degree. So that kind of paid off. Um, Everything. I didn't really do anything pointless in high school. I mean, band maybe, but that wasn't hard. You know what I mean? Like what is the hardest thing you've ever had to do that didn't pay off? Yeah. I, I really don't know. I was going to, you know, it's actually funny. I was thinking about a very similar scenario as to what you just said. Um, again, I'm not going to get into super specifics either, but just, um, and it was more of an emotional thing, just trying to get someone to see what was happening to them. Yeah. And they didn't want to see it and they didn't want to believe it. And they just kept going back to this person. Yeah. Even after everything that had happened and just putting in all of that effort and all that emotion into that person to help, trying to help them. I mean, with all the good intentions and them just doing it anyways. Yeah. Um, that's probably one of the worst uh, cases of trying something so hard to help somebody out. Yeah. And then they weren't ready to receive that help. So it did absolutely no good. Yeah. But again, I learned something from that, that if someone's not, if they don't want your help, they're not going to receive your help. Yeah. So that's kind of what, you know, I learned is that, well, number one, I learned that, you have to give grace in order to find anything. You know, well, that was a really vague statement. When I was talking about my friendships where I was giving my ego up and and trying to help these people, I learned from that that, look, I felt better when the friendship finally dissolved because I had made that effort. 100%. Um, That's kind of what I learned from that. And again, that's why it's so hard to say that it didn't pay off because I learned super valuable lessons from that. But... um, that would be the only thing. I've got a business right now that's not doing too hot. My, you know, my gun teaching business, right. um, not really paying off at all right now. But I, I learned a huge amount of lessons from it. Oh, absolutely. Um, some of the most valuable lessons in my life I learned from it. So um, I don't want to go into super specifics about that. But uh, yeah, that was that was a really hard question to ask. Now the next one's going to be, you know, relatively easy to answer. Yeah. But uh, do you think you satisfiedly? Yeah, oh, yeah. Satisfied sure. with your grants on yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is. What is the hardest thing you've ever had to do that did pay off? Am I going first? Yeah. Okay. You go for it. Um, I'm just going to say just being healthy in general. Yeah. I know that's going to be, it's not going to seem super obvious to most people because I'm like 120 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but for most of my life, I was super unhealthy. Yeah. Um, I've always Drinking had, 12 Dr. Peppers a day. Absolutely. This motherfucker actually did that, oh, by the way. Oh, for sure. For years. I would probably kill a 12 pack a day. Honestly. In the heat. In the summer, outside. Sweating my ass off. Yeah. Dr. Pepper. I don't know how you're alive. You, I, don't, dude, I don't either. I'm not wishing ill on you like knock on wood, <laughs> but if you don't have kidney stones, I would bet a fucking paycheck right now that you're going to end up with kidney stones oh, from that. absolutely. At some like, point. I'm not wishing that on you. I'm knocking on wood right no. now. I would never hope that that, but if you didn't, I... I'm surprised it hasn't already. By the grace of God. <laughs> like, I'm going to... I stopped, like, drinking Cokes and stuff, and I've drank a lot of water, right. and I'm going to end up... I, I know I'm going to end up with kidney stones. That's just my luck. And if you right. don't, I'm going to be a pissed off motherfucker. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> um, actually, it was a funny story. We had a dude at work argue with me that he drank more Dr. Pepper than I used to, and, uh, like, two weeks ago, he was out for kidney stones, so... Jesus. So maybe he was right? <laughs> he might have been right. I don't know. What a hell of an argument to have. <laughs> yeah. If that's not an American 2022 yeah, I was like, thing are you proud discuss. of that? Like... I'm not proud of it. I don't know why you are. Was he diabetic? No. Was he older than you? Yeah, he's like in his 40s. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I don't um, know where we were at. Um, just, oh, yeah, just being, be, being healthy. Being healthy in general. Um, even though I was a smaller guy, like I would just... It's part of my offshoot brand of ADHD and autism. Just like sometimes I would just forget to eat. 
I would just skip meals and not eat, or sometimes I would kill like a whole large pizza. Yeah. Or only drink Dr. Pepper. I mean, I always had physical jobs, but I never worked out. I was, yeah. I was thin, but I wasn't physically fit. I mean, I was just small. Yeah. Um, so just being healthy, um, eating three to four meals a day. Um, now I've got like a green supplement that I take every day. Yeah. Um, working out and just being healthy feels so much fucking better. It does, doesn't it? Getting getting sleep even. I yeah. used to run um, when I was at Regency and even before and after. I would run on three to four hours of sleep at night right. for years. And I felt fine, or I thought I felt fine at the yeah, time. Yeah, you felt because, like dog shit. Because you don't know any better. Now. But when you get a full night's sleep and you're exercising and you're getting enough food, yeah. you feel so much better and it's mm-hmm. crazy. So just the thing that's paid off the most, just being healthy. I kind of, yeah, I completely agree with you. I kind of fell off the wagon um, on my diet over the past couple of weeks. And uh, that happens. Yeah, it does happen. And I'm getting back on it. Um, tired of being a piece of shit. But I, I crushed two donuts the other day. <laughs> and like, I don't even know that I ate two. I may have eaten two. I don't remember. But I felt like absolute dog Dude, shit after. I, I remember I'd started eating healthy and eating clean for maybe like three or four weeks, not that long. Yeah. Like last year at some point, and then the fair came around. Yeah. And I went to the fair and I ate like a fucking fried cheese and a fried Snickers. Dude, I wanted to puke. I felt yeah. so bad after yeah. eating that fucking garbage. Yeah, I, I went into, uh, I ate those donuts, and which I think, if I ever have a company, donuts are going to be fucking banned from the office. <laughs> I hate them so much. If you want to bring a kolache, fine. But, at least there's protein. Yeah, I mean... God. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm super thankful for whoever brought him. I doubt you're listening to this, but right. thank you for providing for the office. Don't take it the bad way. But um, I went in, I ate the, crushed those two donuts and uh, I got up and I went into, uh, it's Holly. Uh, we have a, an office manager and her and I are pretty good friends. And I, I went in there and I was like, I am not feeling good. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. And so I completely agree with you. And I think that was going to be my answer, but the more we started talking before the podcast, I think one of the hardest things I've had to do that paid off was probably keep my relationship running through For sure. college, um, after high school and through college. Yeah. Um, really paid off big time. Absolutely. And it was so difficult. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And we kind of talked about, neither of our parents were very supportive of <laughs> some of the decisions that we made <laughs> when we were young. No. And we, we kind of talked about how like we kind of see some of their hesitations now that we're a little bit yeah. older. Um, but it's also kind of, it's one of those you understand where they're coming from, but it's also still insulting that they didn't give you the benefit of the doubt. It, to, to a certain extent, like I have to, yeah, it, it was at the time. Yeah. And even looking back, I don't know, man. Like, I understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when they look at it, because there's even times that I look back and I'm like, damn, you kind of, kind of dumb <laughs> you know what i mean like i look back at some of the decisions i made with the ellen and i was like that yeah, that was kind of stupid <laughs> but it you know it worked out and we were determined to oh, make it sure. work um and this and this will get into the next section but yeah. um it was super hard to just kind of go against the grain with my family and with what everybody says and and to stay loyal and faithful while you're in college you know what i mean everybody's telling you to get out there and you know go lay them down man like right. get that body count up you know right. and you're going to party and we lived we lived six hours apart for six months Oof. you know what I mean and it, it, it was difficult right um, but it, it really did pay off um, and 
I don't, did you kind of share? I know, I know you and McKinley were a little bit closer. Oh, for sure. Um, and y'all kind of stayed in your hometown. I'm not saying this is bad or no, that no, it was less difficult, but no, 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 no. Um, it it was really kind of hard to maintain that and to commit to that. Um, the easy way out definitely would have been to leave Eastland and and say you know get lost. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think so for me. Um, but for me, I almost live my life out of spite. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're saying it's hard to go against the grain. For me, I thrive on that. Like if somebody tells me not to, and not in every sense, obviously take use common sense with this. But like when somebody tells me not to fucking do something, I'm gonna do it. Like yeah. if it was something I'd been kind of thinking about and I think I wanted to do, and somebody just told me that I was an idiot for wanting to do that, and not to do it, I'm probably gonna do it. Yeah. Like if I had second thoughts, I'm I'm doing it for sure now. Um. Yeah. I- I'm somewhat similar, but it's with that specific circumstance. I just really didn't want to be wrong. You know what I mean? Like, and it was super stressful to, to put all that faith, not only in myself, but into her too. You know I mean? She was, she was young at that time. Yeah. And but but also like you can use, you could also look back and say that like, because you were afraid to be wrong, that you tried that much harder and maybe that's why it worked out. Yeah, you're right. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. No, but I'm just saying you, like the hardest thing I've ever had to do that paid off that that's gotta be it. Yeah. Um, just, just because it it was super difficult, you know? And finally it got to a point to where I I took it in stride and said, Hey, look, it's going to be hard. I guess, you know, he, either way it's going to be hard. Right. Um, I'm just going to choose my hard, you know, cause finding a girlfriend that is good enough, you know, for, (laughs) for, you know, mom's little boy, that may be just as hard as the one making the one I've got work. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. so that sounded kind of bad, but I mean, that is the premise of, of marriage is taking what you've got and making it work and, yeah. and committing to that person. And oh, we'll, sure. we'll talk about that. But yeah, um, yeah, I, it, that, that probably is the hardest thing I, I've had to do. Um, and keep in mind, we moved, I mean, six hours away on my own. I mean, we had a little bit of family up here um, and they helped a lot while we were up here, but moved six hours away and I think within four months of being at college I was completely on my own yeah um, which you know a lot of people are on their own from the day that they're you know 12 I understand like right. everybody's had it harder but right uh, you know about four months the money kind of quit flowing in yeah. and I started making my own yeah um, they still helped me a little bit but yeah yeah and just being able to maintain that relationship to that and it just paid off dividends i'm couldn't be happier with my wife right i mean <laughs> like I, I, the thought of even trying to like get another woman no just not. yeah I'd i've rather... already to, i've already told mckinley like this is one and done like if for some <laughs> godforsaken reason we get divorced or she dies i'm staying single forever yeah you think I'm, so i'm fucking off to a cabin in montana somewhere in the woods and i'm never seeing anybody again yeah i i don't know i it's kind of weird to think about i think i might try again but i have no clue no. i would be devastated for oh, like years absolutely um yeah so it definitely paid off and what i learned through that is that uh through commitment most if not all things are possible Um, If you're willing to commit to an idea and really bear down and get through it and make things work, um, most, if not all things are, are possible. Absolutely. Now, if you just decide that you want to be an astronaut and you're a fat midget, then (laughs) they may not accept you. Um, but unless you give them a reason to, yeah, 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 I guess. Um, but no, it, it, most, if not all things are possible with extreme commitment and extreme work. Yeah. So that's what I learned. Yeah. So you have anything else to add on that? No, not really. Cool, man. Well, so that kind of segues into what I really wanted to talk about today. And that was dating to marry. So I was 
in the truck headed to work the other day and I've been on this kind of where I it's kind of weird I make a podcast but for the past like two weeks I haven't really wanted to listen to any of them and so I've been listening to a lot more music on my way to work and it just kind of chills me out you know everybody yeah. does it oh, for sure. but I, I heard this song come on that I've listened to a thousand times I mean this song has to have thousands of plays on my playlist and it's it's wrecked by Turnpike Troubadours and it's a breakup song you know not that I <laughs> doesn't mean anything but it right. does now yeah. um I was listening to it, and there's a, a verse in there, and I'm going to quote it real quick, and it says, Well, on down the road, we built our home out of bed sheets and styrofoam, hoping that the wind would never blow. And it's love or fight every day, like a Tennessee Williams play, not knowing how it ended when we signed on for the show. And that really just kind of lit a bulb up inside my head of how little people prepare for the turmoil that is long-term relationships and marriage so i want to say it again it says well on down the road we built our home out of bed sheets and styrofoam hoping that the wind would never blow that's it just spoke to me especially as as younger people absolutely when we when we got into a relationship um that just really spoke to me and i I thought that maybe some of the the younger guys that listen to this i mean hell even the guys that are our age oh yeah um, or even older yeah, even older. It, it, it applies up and down the chain. Absolutely. But I think we're more qualified to, t- to speak to the younger guys that are trying to build a relationship. Um, yeah, that I think that happens so often. And people that we see, how many people do you honestly think in your circle? Let's give a percentage because I'm not going to try to sit here and count the amount of people. Right. I would say that like 10 to 15% of the people that I know are actually dating to marry. They're actually serious about marrying when they start dating. You know, a lot of the people in my circle, um, I don't think they started out that way, but they're for sure that way now. And I'm happy for them that it turned that way, but starting out, they were in the fucking styrofoam house. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what they were doing, and then shit happened, and they had to make their decision, and and they all decided to stick with it. Yeah. And I think they're all really good couples, and it worked out for them, but there's a lot of cases where it doesn't. Well, and for me, from the outside looking in for some of some of the people in my life, it still seems like a bit of a styrofoam house. Yeah. Like they may have upgraded to like plywood. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Um, because they had to make shit work. Oh yeah. Um, and again, you can turn a plywood house into into a plenty fine home. I saw it <laughs> with some of my uh, my buddies down in in uh, Stephenville, to where they lived in some shacks. Yeah. <laughs> I won't make the joke, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, you know you can turn a plywood house into a decent home. But I just feel like a lot of people that we see dating, they they get into it for fun and they keep it going for six months for fun and they go, well, fuck, I guess we're going to get married. Yeah. You know, and they don't set that groundwork. And and the other thing that kind of got me thinking about this is we were talking, I I told you we went to Fast Eddie's. Yeah. And uh, talking with another buddy about how like, his woman never wanted me to you know, hang out with the bros and this and yeah. that. And I just kind of told him, I was like, hey, look, guys, you need to set that standard very, very early on in the relationship. Yeah. Um, to expect, and I, I asked him, I was like, what do you think is going to happen in the future? Yeah. Do you think you're going to become more committed or less? Well, less. more. 
No. You don't think... Okay, well, we'll talk about in, it. In that scenario, I would say Well, less. less committed. But what I'm saying is, do you think you're going to have more responsibilities? You're just dating now, and she doesn't want you to go out yeah. on a night with the bros. Yeah, it's going to Do you think worse. that you're going to have more responsibilities or less? Do you think that you're going to have to show more commitment or less to satisfy what she's wanting right now? Oh, yeah. And, then, and the answer was more. Yeah. And so, like, what do you think if she's acting like this now? Now, yeah. What do you think is going to happen in the marriage if you just keep letting it continue? Yeah. You know what I mean? And the basic idea there was that they're not setting themselves up to build a good foundation. They're giving in to, you know, they're, and this isn't a a man versus woman thing. This could easily happen with a woman. If you, if you don't build those expectations while you're dating, the the idea that it'll either correct or change when you're married is, is foolish. Absolutely. And that's kind of what I wanted to discuss with you. Yeah. And that's one of those, just on that specific topic, I want to say is that guy, like men need other men. Yeah. There's no, there's no such thing as the lone wolf. Yeah. The lone wolf fucking dies on its own in the woods. Yeah. Guys need other guys. You mm-hmm. need guy friends. Now you don't need to hang out with them every night, every weekend, all the time, but you still need other men in your life. Right. Um, you still need friends. You need to spend time alone with your friends. Yep. Apart from her. Um, but the fact, if she's telling you no and won't let you do it ever... That's a huge red flag. Well, not even ever, just making you feel guilty about it. Yeah. That's kind of what was going on there. Yeah. Is that, you know, she was making him feel guilty about it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was like, you just have to lay that ground. And let me just share, instead of telling you what you should do, I'll take a, a Nick Shelton approach here. I'm going to tell you what I did. Um, literally not even two weeks into the relationship, I, I told Deal and I was like, hey, look, right now in our relationship, especially... Um, I've had these friends for a while. I like hanging out with my friends. Right. You're like, the expectation is that I'm going to go hang out with my friends when I want to hang out with my friends. Right. I will still make time for you. Mm-hmm. And if you bug the shit out of me when I go hang out with my friends, this is not going to work. Absolutely. Like, I need my time. I need to go hang out with the bros. I don't want to get into this situation. Right. And we set that up like week one or two. Right. And she's always been really respectful of that. And she knew the boundaries, you know, of what I can do and what I can't do. Right. And sometimes she gets upset and we work it out. And, you know, the other thing is if you're going to say that as a dude, if you're going to create these boundaries and try to build this relationship, you have to hold up your end too. You do have to spend time with her. Absolutely. Occasionally. And she can spend time with her friends as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to let her spend time. Yeah. But not to hyper focus on this topic. Just what do you think that you and McKinley did to effectively set yourself up for marriage when you were dating, because we both started dating in high school. Um, what did you What did you do? Can you identify any key actions or key conversations that happened that you think set yourself up for a good marriage? What mentality were you in? Um, what conversations did you have that that really cemented that? At what level of commitment were you? At what point in time? You, do you see what I'm asking? Yeah, for sure. You know, honestly, we just talked. Yeah, we didn't. I hate I hate the word dating. We did not we didn't really date. Yeah. We were boyfriend and girlfriend. I asked her to be my girlfriend and that's what we were. You know, we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. And like we honestly we would spend pretty much every night we would drive around until midnight when I had to take her home and we just talked. We listened to music yeah. and we talked about everything. Um and I mean we're seniors in high school. We were talking about marriage, kids, how many do you want? Yep. You know, we talked about politics, everything. Mm-hmm. And we got to know each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't just in it to have fun. We were getting to know each other. Yeah. Because honestly, in a relationship, it's scary for a lot of fucking people to think about. Yeah. But when you start dating someone, you either get married or you break up. Yeah. 
Um, and if you're dating somebody, no matter how long it's been, if you're like, oh, I could never marry them, then why the fuck are you still together? Yeah. Um, it might be fun, but in the end, you're just wasting your time. I would say even beforehand, if, if you look at a girl that you're even thinking about dating and you have any reservations about, could I marry this girl? And I know there's a lot to be learned. I know you have to do those steps. For sure. But if you automatically don't see yourself marrying that person, why would you even engage? Yeah. Why would you waste your time? If you can't visualize yourself dancing with this person at a wedding, and I know that sounds like a wild fucking concept, but just like you said, from the moment you say hello, if those are your intentions, it's going to go one way or the other if if you're designed for marriage, and you should be. Marriage should be your goal as a a good dude. Absolutely. You You should have a goal to get married. So it's totally... It, it's totally unromantic and I think it's hilarious but me and McKinley actually dated back in like middle school yeah um, we split up we went to different high schools and uh, I was being an idiot we were I was drunk with some buddies and we were just talking about shit like we do and uh, they're like we were just talking about past relationships and all this stuff and you know it kind of came up I was like you know there was only one girl that never really like fucked me over mm-hmm. and uh, it was McKinley and then pretty sure I was still drunk. I just like randomly hit her up on like Facebook that night. Yeah. And uh, pretty much after that, like we got back together and um, I don't even know where I was going with all that, but it just kind of, what were we talking about before that? Uh, could you see yourself marrying that person before you? Okay. So that's what it went back to like, this was the one person that never really fucked me over. You know, I don't yeah. see myself with any of the people like around me or in my school like yep. forever. And then also knowing who I am and how socially awkward I am. Yeah. And then also being able to step back and take a look at the world that we were in now with Tinder and dating and the way things are now in the internet. I was like, I'm not going to find anybody else (laughs) on my own after I leave high school. I was like, if I don't lock it down now, I'm not going to. Yeah. And uh, so that's why I went back and that's, I mean, and it worked out. I mean, we started dating and now we're married. We're going on like seven years together now. Yeah. Um. So it's just having that mindset and knowing what you want in the future and doing what it takes to go after it. That's what I was going to say. And, you know, in order to know what you want to be married to, you have to know yourself. Um, You know, you said get to know that other person. Get to know yourself. Uh, Try to understand what you actually want out of a partner and out of a woman. I thought for the longest time, and I'm going to try to make this sound the best I can. (laughs) Um, I thought for the longest time I wanted a super intellectual woman that I could have like very like high level conversations with about science and politics and law and stuff like that. I thought that's what I wanted for the longest time. Right. And then I really just got to think, I was like, man, I, I don't think I want that. You know what I mean? I, obviously I want my woman to have common sense and Dylan does. I mean, she's more intelligent than I am on a numerous amount of occasions, especially around here. But, um, you know, I, I, I got to thinking, no, I want somebody that's going to care a little bit more for me, my house, and my family. Right. You know what I mean? I want right. somebody that's going to have a little bit more of those softer skills. Yeah. Um, somebody that's not as rigid as what I am. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. really get to know yourself and know what you actually want. Is it some sort of fantasy that you want for a week? Like, right. you know, if I could have the super intellectual girlfriend for a week, like the hot, libra- like hot librarian that knows everything, like... Right. That would be cool for like a week. And it gets but old. Yeah. Then after that, when she's constantly trying to argue with me on bullshit, you know what I mean? Like you all the time. Yeah. yeah you know, like maybe I don't want that, yeah. you know, like yeah. do I want the super successful career woman or do I want a woman that's going to build a home? You know, right. what do I really want? And it's right. not bad to want either of those. It's not. You almost have to step back and look at what you're lacking. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you just said in a different sense. But look at what you're lacking, and that's what you need from someone else. Yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, you need to be aligned on very core issues. Like, oh, are we going to get married? Absolutely. Um, are we going to have kids? Are we... Um, politics. I think politics is a super under under examined thing when people get into it is people, they start dating people brush it off and then it turns yeah. into a huge deal later yeah it does um yeah definitely anyway well yeah look at what you lack and from kind of like a personality space yeah. and i think a better way to say it is see what compliments you yeah, that's um, a better way to put it. Yeah, instead of looking at what you lack, because if you're a good person, you don't want to get somebody that's a piece of shit. You right, know, like right. instead well, of or trying somebody to, that's the polar opposite, because they have what I'm not. No, that's not. That's yeah, not what we're saying here. Yeah, opposites don't attract. That's no. a lie. Um, but find somebody that compliments you. If Absolutely. you're an if you're an extrovert, get somebody who's a little bit more on the introverted side of extrovert. Yeah, you don't get an introvert because then you're never going to want to hang out with each other in public spaces. Right. But you know, look at me and Dylan. Like I'm the extrovert. Right. And Dylan's a little bit more introvert introverted she likes to see me be an extrovert right. but she's not a complete introvert right. like get somebody that call and it's the exact opposite with you and mckinley exactly. um mckinley i don't know if you've noticed but mckinley's an extrovert oh yeah uh, <laughs> I, I haven't noticed. <laughs> um but uh yeah mckinley and i get along really well just because we're <laughs> and we we get along really well and when we disagree we really disagree because yeah. we're the same person yeah um you married me by the way just yeah. so you know you're welcome yeah <laughs> thanks i appreciate the seven years of <laughs> of uh, of marriage or whatever um <laughs> it's legal now yeah it is legal now. <laughs> 2014 baby um but no uh where where was i go- oh yeah get somebody that compliments you you yeah. know like you and mckinley compliment each other really well right dylan and i compliment each other really well yeah and so if, you, if you're going to date to marry, make sure out of this pool of women, and when you start to getting to know these women, make sure that they have those key markers that you set out for yourself. Um, you know, those those determining factors of success. Right. Uh, and again, get to know them. And one thing I do want to add is don't do anything stupid like have sex before you have a good idea of what that is. Absolutely. How, how do you, how, do you agree with that? Yeah. Um, I, I really want to get into that because... I've bounced back and forth. I've told buddies like, yeah, whatever, you know, go fuck all the broads. Like, I, you know, like for, for me, it depends on who it is. Yeah, I, um, I think it does depend on who it is. But I've told buddies, you know, go have fun or whatever, because that's what I didn't do. Right. Um, but the more and more I realize it's so much more fun to have that stuff with a with a person that you've connected with. Absolutely. Um, don't don't think that a night like. Don't think that your first time is going to be magical with some random person. You know what I mean? No, like it's it's not, not, dudes. Like find somebody that you have a real connection with that you identified for marriage and that you can make it work with and then have sex. Yeah. Um I think that a lot of dudes get that very very wrong. They do, absolutely. Um and if it doesn't have like don't think that if you have sex with a person you got to marry them. Like I I don't no, for I, sure. I don't think that's true. I I'm somewhere in, in the middle. I think that you shouldn't have sex until you're like committed to that person but also if it happens it happens and don't like don't be like well i'm here now (laughs) don't take me out of context for that don't lock yourself in because yeah but also like i'm not i i hate like the one night stand shit or the hooking up culture and all this yeah fucking tinder shit that we have um but i'm also not a complete abstinence until you're married type person either Mm -hmm. i think as long as you're in a committed relationship and it's been a minute yeah and you're both comfortable then that's when you have sex. Mm. And if you're in 
three or four or five, however many committed relationships over the years, then that's okay. You're not a horrible person because you've slept with five people Yeah. in the right scenario. Yeah. You know. I think so. I think that if you're in five, you, you need to figure out what's wrong. For sure. I think if you're in five relationships that you're truly committed to, then you might be the problem at that point. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I agree with you that I'm not a true abstinence until you're married. I... If if you had to if you held a gun to my head and either said promiscuous or wait until you're married it would be wait until you're married. Um, I guess. Uh, what I do feel like is that it it causes people to rush a decision. It does. Um, but on the other side of that, you know, a lot of the people that actually do make that decision, they're forced to make it work, and that's kind of what Jordan Peterson yeah. released that last episode uh, or the latest episode about marriage, and basically the idea is that. You find who you think you can be with and you make it work. Oh, and absolutely. I guess the the question is how long does it take to figure out if that's the person you want to be with? Um, I don't think it takes very long. You you don't I, think so? I think deep down you know pretty early on if this is going to work out or not. Yeah, I I don't know if I knew deep down that it was going to work out for sure. Okay, um, maybe not for sure, but you know for sure if it's not going to work. Yeah, I think that if you're truly honest about it and you're honest about your intentions and you've done your work to figure out what you want, I don't think it's that hard to tell. Yeah. If you're truly honest with yourself and you get objective opinions, that's the other problem is finding people that yeah. to get objective opinions oh, from um, and to, to actually listen to those. You know what I mean? I, I had a pretty good beat on who DLN was. Right. When we first started dating, right. um, and a lot of people that tried to give me "quote unquote" objective opinions were wrong. Yeah, uh, about who I truly know her to be. Right. But I've also had a lot of buddies who they start dating this girl, and I'm like, "Hey, dog." Yeah. That's a non-starter right there. Like yeah. this, this chick is no go, yeah. no go. Yeah. And then they don't listen, and they no. end up two years of wasted time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I, w- I had a similar scenario to that, and I wish somebody would have sat me down and be like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I always tell, I, it's kind of, it's a jo- it's mostly a joke, but my litmus test is if they don't like me, they're probably not going to be a good relationship. Right. Um, because you're friends with me, and you like me for some reason, and there's something about me that they don't like, and that's partly in your per- personality. Yeah. So if they don't like me, probably not going to be a good relationship. Right. Not even an ego thing. That's just no. backed up by fucking data. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, every, everybody with girlfriends I I've had they don't like me they're gone within a short amount of time but um of course some of the parties we have don't help that no. do you remember when scott got a full paragraph did i tell yeah. you about that yeah when he got like a full book of that he needed to get closer to jesus after yeah. he attended one of our parties yes yeah. was that the one with the guns yeah yeah, well, yeah. guns and keenan keenan yeah. alone was yeah that'll do it i've got a buddy uh for the audience i've got a buddy who's an ex-marine and uh even even beyond that he's just some colorful stories he's he's a great time and he, he has some colorful stories and when we all get together um it can go it can go some rough places and uh our buddy scott decided to bring this new chick to one of our parties and i don't know what he was thinking like you don't bring the brand new girl to one of these parties and uh, we had guns out we and we had put them up before everybody got drunk i'm not stupid um, but we had had guns out and uh, at the very beginning of the party because I just bought a new one. And then uh, Keenan was there and we were talking about some unsavory things. And Scott ended up getting he, he had to take her home, leave the party early, yeah. take her home. And he got a full 
like full blown book long text message about how he needed to get closer to Jesus because he party with us. I still that's one of my main achievements. Like <laughs> if I had to write that down, like that's gonna go in my obit of that. I had one of my parties forced a buddy to to get closer oh, to Jesus after he brought his new girlfriend there. Chapter one of the biography. <laughs> Literally, I'm so proud of that. Um, it was so funny. But I, I don't know how we got here. Um, <laughs> that was a good time. That, that was the party with Jairus, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good times. Inside jokes. Inside yep. jokes. Yeah. But <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, dating to marry. Man, take, take other people's objective opinions. And luckily, luckily, Scott got all of our objective opinions by default because she yeah. wasn't. she gave him her objective opinion on all of us yeah. and he backed out of that pretty quick yeah. you know what good um, for her though for standing by that i guess yeah i mean good for standing up for her for her beliefs yeah. i mean nothing against it no um nothing I don't, against her either i mean yeah I, I don't think the stuff we were saying was really that bad it, it wasn't that bad. i mean it was it was, it was adult things yeah and we, we use the term party very lightly yeah it was it was a kickback it wasn't a party no um yeah i guess we when you think about that our parties are pretty pretty, pretty fucking mild. lame yeah they're pretty mild they're pretty mild so it wasn't like it was a, a huge rager i mean everybody had clothes on and stuff so yeah um the shirts hadn't even come off at that point <laughs> <laughs> by the time she made him leave we were just talking about some unsavory stuff yeah and keenan being an ex-marine y'all can imagine yeah um but any anyway yeah good for her for sticking up for herself i don't want to disparage her you know no, if, no, if no, it's no. her belief she she knew what she wanted and scott was not it apparently yeah. Yeah. Good for um her. yeah good for her she but she wound up in the wrong group That's she, she did she I, you have to know she was like how did i end up here yeah questioning her own life decisions yeah that's that's for damn sure but uh, she was like there's nothing like this in his biography (laughs) his profile had none of this yeah (laughs) says he's a good christian boy (laughs) he gets mailers from his grandparents in ohio ohio about christian faith how did he end up here Sorry. Oh, <laughs> anyway, uh, this is going to be hard to listen to. I already know. Uh, I promise there's good value in this. Um, so back on track. I don't even know where the fuck we were at. Uh, make sure if you're trying to date to marry, really the whole point uh, of all this is, other than a little bit of reminiscing, is to be confident about what you're what you're doing and what you want and set out with a goal with a purpose for that relationship for sure um that's i mean that's basically the point is is have a purpose for that relationship and be committed to the end goal of of marriage before you start dating that's yeah i I think you have to that's yeah for sure and that's double-sided too if you want this fucking trophy wife, you have to step back and look at yourself and say, yep. would a trophy wife want me? Like, do I deserve this fucking trophy wife that mm-hmm. I want? And if not, then start fucking working on yourself. Mm-hmm. Whatever, wherever areas you're lacking in, start working on that shit. Yep. And you also, you got to quit looking for a wife everywhere too. Yeah. Um, a lot of those things just kind of happen naturally. Um, if you're sitting there 24 seven, just searching, trying to find the perfect one, you're never going to find them. Yeah. Um, but if you step back and work on yourself, uh, then they'll come around. They'll come to you. Yeah, I, I agree with that with the caveat of before you engage in anything, make sure she's at least from the outside looking in wife material. Oh, for K- sure. Kind of like what we said. Yeah. Yeah, step back and work on yourself. And I think when I actually found DLN, was it, it was actually that point in my high school career where I hadn't had a girlfriend yet. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just 
gonna be gay i guess <laughs> like what whatever like whatever you know not that was a joke but you know i guess i was going to an a&m school so yeah um but i'll just go to wt and figure it out later you right. know what i mean right. um and when i finally stepped back and started working on myself and doing things my way she walked into the classroom you yeah. know and so i would agree with that but like i said just make sure that before you really get in deep with this girl pun intended that you make sure that she's somewhat marriage material yeah absolutely um, i can't i came from the other side of the spectrum i'm I'm a good boyfriend. I was never single for more than like two weeks at a time. <laughs> That's funny. All the way from like elementary school, I always had a girlfriend. Until, That's kind of wild. Yeah, I know. You wouldn't think so, but I did. Um, that changed a little bit in high school. And then like junior, senior, year, I had a horrible fucking girlfriend for a pretty long time. I was single for yeah. like a month or two and I had time to reflect. Kind of one of those like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I need to get like serious about this shit. <laughs> it's like Scott reading the paragraph after he drops yeah. her off. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, that was a whole bad ordeal. But then, you know, stepping back after that horrible situation and being like, okay, I need to like get fucking serious about this now. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, Dylan was my first girlfriend. Yeah. So my first very serious girlfriend. I mean, right. I had a few in junior high or whatever. I don't right. even remember. Right. Probably not. I was a little fat, chubby kid. So <laughs> I doubt I had anything. But no, guys, I guess that's, that's kind of the point. Um, I guess probably ought to go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I can't think of anything else truly to to give y'all other than just make sure that when you're dating that you have the goal of marriage in mind. Um, let's 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 talk about living. Together. We're only at an hour. Let's talk about living together. Um, do you recommend living together before marriage? Do you not? When do you think that you should live together? How does that go? I do. Um I do think you should live together first. It honest, it obviously depends on what point you're at in your life. You know, if you're 18 and still in high school, obviously not. Yeah. Maybe once you start college, or if you just met and you're both already in college, and maybe wait a minute. I mean, it really depends on where you're at. Yeah. But I, I know a lot of people are going to go against it, and a lot of it's from you know the Christian side of things. Um, but I really think that in today's day and age that marriage is a lot more of a legal contract than it is a societal thing Mm -hmm. and it's you get yourself into a whole fucking mess if you get married to someone too early too early yeah and you know when you're dating somebody and you only see them in the evenings after work or after school or you only see them on fridays and saturdays it's really easy to be fake for those few hours or for that day or for the weekend but when you live with somebody, you see them all the time. You see them at their worst. You know, you see her before she puts on 10 pounds of makeup. Yeah. You know, you see, or even on the guy's end, this guy that seems pretty, like he has his shit together. If he sits there, you know, at your house and he plays video games for 14 hours straight and that's all he fucking does and he's a slob. Yeah. And doesn't go to work. Like, you see that when you live together. You can't hide that shit forever. Yeah. Side note, I, uh, I don't remember who it was. I don't know why this just came to me, but... There was actually um, a girl that I knew. She dated this dude for a long time. And when she finally went to his apartment to check it out, apparently the dude had like, instead of getting up to go to the bathroom, um, he would pee in bottles oh and set God. them beside his bed. No. And she went in there and he had like bottles of piss oh my God. lined up by the bed. And she'd been dating this dude for like a year and a half. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, I... I and that that goes if you live together you're gonna see the piss bottles I mean that's yeah yeah you're gonna find out <laughs> yeah so I 
I don't know, man. I'm very torn because I, I could tell you that if, if if the actual contract, if it's only for a state thing, then the only sort of former, formal commitment that you have now is living with each other. Right. And would you want to actually rush that commitment? Like if I were to play counter to you, which I'm not sure where I stand on this point, right. but if I were to play counter to you, that would be my reply as well. If, if the document means nothing, then the only thing you have left that does mean something is living together. Maybe. And I would I would be very hesitant to rush into that. Right. Oh, and I'm not saying to rush into that for sure. I think we were together for like a year, year and a half before we moved in together. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. It's something I'm kind of tossing around. I because for a long time I always told my buddies, yeah, I live together before you get married because yeah. I think it's important to do that. Yeah. Um. And also, like you, you come across especially for people that don't talk a lot of about a lot of things you find out a lot of things about finances or how they are with money and budgets and everything else like that yeah you can learn that on a smaller scale in an apartment before you have a mortgage and two car payments and kids and everything else before it gets really fucking complicated yeah and man i see that but jordan peterson's so convincing on the you know the only thing i'll say is when he was talking about that he was like you know whether they live together before or not half of all marriages end in divorce still yeah but he's not taking into account all the people that lived together and then broke up and went their separate ways. Yeah. You know, like they're not part of the statistic. Well, actually that statistic was that the people that lived together got divorced the more frequently. Though. Really? Yeah. Um, I believe it was more frequently. I, I didn't memorize that. I didn't think it would come up. Um, that exact statistic. Right. Because I didn't think we were going to get that deep into it. But it was actually more frequently. Is hmm. people that live together before marriage get... Uh, divorce more frequently. Interesting. And I, I think that there's a point there to where, number one, I think more couples probably do that in this day and age is live together before they get married. Oh, right. So maybe just law of numbers. Right. You know, That's that true too. More people, more more divorces. Yeah. But I think it was actually a percentage of divorces. So like the percent of people that live together, um, it's a higher percentage of people that live together before they get married <laughs> that still get divorces. So that means that the numbers would cancel out. Right. But I also think that some of that is because people get into it before they actually have a higher level of commitment. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think that all that really says is, I don't know that it ties to marriage specifically, but I think what that statistic says is make sure that you have a really high level of commitment to that person before you live together. Understand right. that when you sign that lease, it's going to take a huge act pretty much before you sign that lease. I would say, I think there's two things that need to happen. Number one, you need to live on your own. Oh, for sure. Um, I never exactly lived on my own. I always lived with a roommate. Um, I never lived in a house by myself, but I did live in dorms and with roommates, and I right. think that counts. Right. Um, number one, live on your own before you live with somebody else. I think that's key. Absolutely. Um, I don't know that you ever I, did I that. Did, I didn't know. My parents were also never fucking home. Yeah. So like they were only home from the hours of like eight yeah. to ten p.m. So I pretty much lived on my fucking own. Yeah, but I do I do think it's important to pay your own bills and to, yeah. to do your, do all yeah. that be and accountable I, for utilities and everything. Right, not necessarily utilities, but ever since growing up, like I always bought my own shit. So yeah, um, I was very financially independent. But yeah, and that's that says a lot. And obviously it worked. But for the general public, I think yeah. you need to live alone first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, understand what it's going to be like to live alone. Understand what it really feels like to to have your own preferences of how you want to live. Yeah. Because you can't really know yourself until no. you you decide that that's how you want to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you want to take care of the dishes? How do you want to clean the house? How do you want to fold the towels? Yeah. Like, live on your own for a little bit. And then number two, understand, be committed to this person before you fully move in um, and make that commitment. Because again, if we're going to agree that 
modern day marriage, I think that there's two components that make a marriage binding. Number one, you're standing up in front of everybody and saying that I'm committed to this person. If you have a traditional wedding, right. you're standing up in front of everybody. You're saying I'm committed to this person and that, you know, hopefully y'all are all going to help me support right. being committed to this person. Right. And if not, we're going to be completely embarrassed by our community. Oh, like absolutely. you're making that societal pact with that person and all of your family and friends around you. Right. Um, number two, you are putting a bunch of legal blockades into into getting out of that pact. Exactly. You're going to lose half your money if you're a dude. You're going to, you know, tear up your life pretty bad and, and cause you to jump through a lot of hoops. Yep. So you're putting up that kind of structure around you. Right. Um, and so I think those that's kind of what marriage is nowadays. I, I will agree. The actual paper doesn't mean anything. No, yeah. But let's not... The legal implications of the yeah, paper. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's not downplay the, the actual commitment it takes to sign that paper. No. I, I don't want to do that. No. But I think if you're not going to commit to that yet, right. understand that... If I, if I could give anything to somebody who's looking at living with somebody right now, understand that moving in together and putting your name on a lease where you can't just kick somebody out. Right. Um, and even even being able to just kick them out. If, if that's going to be their sole place to live, understand that that level of commitment is, is that is marriage. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. Like you're, you're now committed to this person. And again, everything can change. Yes, you can get divorces. Like, oh yeah, for for the general public and the way things should be. Once that person moves in and they move all their shit into your house, you're committed to that person, right? Um, at least you should be. If you really want it to work out and you don't want to self sabotage, you know, part of that is self sabotage because if you let them move in and you move in together with the idea that I can back out of it, yeah. Then the moment things get hard, what are you gonna do? You're gonna back out. Yeah. You're, you're going to back or or the worst circumstance is you're not going to back out and you end up with somebody that you knew wasn't prime marriage material yeah. because you can't back out of that yeah. situation. And you're fucking miserable. Yeah, because you don't have the balls to back out. Yeah. Um, not necessarily the balls, but it, it's hard to back out of that situation. Well, so It's hard to admit you're wrong. Yeah, it, it is. And then you start looking of like, damn, I'd have to kick her out on the street. I would have to start paying all the rent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Had to split all this shit up. You know, I would have to find a bed or she would have to find a bed or who would take the dog. And then you just say, well, it's easier just to be together. Yeah, and you settle. And you settle. And that could that could be even worse. Whereas if you would have waited six months later, not moved in together, maybe some of those things would have started showing up. Yeah. You know, or, or worst case scenario, you move in and you find out she's been having an affair for six months. Right. You know what I mean? What are you going to do now? Yeah. You make it work? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... That's that's going to be tough. That's a tough situation to get yourself into. Yeah. And because you didn't lay the groundwork and you didn't make sure that both sides were fully committed to that before you moved in, you just put a huge you fucked yourself. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's you fucked the yourself. Simplest way to put it. Yeah. So make sure before you move in together. Number one, I think you need to live on your own. I, I, I yeah, think that's a absolutely. given. Absolutely, I agree. With you um. It and I I think I did it somewhat close to right. Um. I, obviously, you did it right because you're here. I'm not saying you're wrong, right? But I think if I could have, if I could write you a game plan back then, oh, yeah. I would say take the six months. Y'all can live 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 apart for six months and live alone. Right. Um, obviously, it worked out, oh, but yeah. um, I'm not saying it didn't. But live alone for six months, a year, whatever. Understand what it's going to be like to have your own space. And here's the deal. As long as she's got another place to live, like she can be staying over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, this is this is making making a home together. Right. It's not that you're not sleeping together. Like I don't care. I don't again, we've already talked about this. No reason to beat a dead horse. But 
you can still have your own place, both have your own place and sleep together. You know what I mean? Like Dylan and I stayed over at one another's apartments. Right. You know, there was only maybe two nights out of the week that we weren't actually together. You know what I mean? But we weren't living together. That's completely different. And so number one, uh, live on your own. Number two, understand what level of commitment that moving is in, uh, moving in is and be ready for that and be committed to that. Absolutely. You think that, do you have anything else to add on on dating for marriage? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, other than just, like I said, looking inward, seeing what you actually want. Yeah. Um, trying to find a wife, not the mm-hmm. hottest girl you can find, that's going to be fun for a week. Because honestly, like as cliche as it is, when you're 90, neither of you are going to look good. Yeah. Um, actually, okay, I do have something new that we haven't talked about. Find somebody that you have fun with. Yeah. Um, because like, yeah, you might agree on a lot of things, but if you don't have fun together, I don't think it's going to last. Um, you yeah. got to be able to have fun. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And uh, I don't have a lot of numbers to support this. Maybe you can kind of help me or we'll bring in, I don't want to say his name. We'll bring in a pitch hitter at another time. But uh, a fun seven in the bedroom is going to be way better than a stuck up 10 that doesn't want to do anything. Exactly. Um yeah. Even, even outside of the bedroom, man. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, obviously outside of the bedroom, but a lot of guys get stuck in that. Like, she's so hot, man. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. thinking sexually, like, she's so damn hot. I yeah. promise you, fun seven, wonderful. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. uh, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, even outside of that, a fun seven that you, that you can go have fun with or a fun eight, like, way better, way better than a stuck up. 10 like Absolutely. if you can even find a 10 even an even an eight a fun seven way better than a stuck up eight yeah um i don't even think the numbers matter I, the numbers do matter you want somebody that's going to take care of themselves and that, that has yeah. a decent body yeah. and it's going to continually you, be, be physically attracted to you have to be yeah you have um, to be physically attracted to them but that's not the only thing that matters no i, I would say that the personality matters like, way more like if there's a dude listening yeah. to this that's kind of torn between two girls that he kind of likes and he likes this one because she's hot and he likes this one because they're she's fun and they have a good time together yeah go with the one you have fun with yeah it, it's kind of like uh dylan and i argue all the time um about like clothes when i'm clothes shopping yeah i'll be like oh this one looks cool she's like but it's not your fucking size dude <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she, yeah. she's like, find all of the things that are in your size or like on the rack that like, this is your size rack, right. you know, with the circular racks. Yeah, yeah. She's like, this is the stuff that's in your size and then find what you like in that, right. in that size, find the personality that you like and then start find girls with that personality and understand what the, you know, what they do and find what you want. And then, right. then you can do you like redheads or do you like blondes? Like, yeah, then you can figure that shit right. out right. as long as they're within that personality. Um, bracket. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely don't go for the looks first. No. Um, yeah. Fun seven, way better than a stuck up 10. Yeah. So, man, I think, I think we've hit a lot of it. The, the only other thing that, um, I was going to think of just as young men, um, oh, the family. That was the other thing I was going to say. Yeah. Do you, true or false statement, you marry the family? True. Think I think it's true. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on how close they are with their family. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I'm not super close with my family. So like, I don't really feel like she married mine, but with her being a lot closer to hers, um, I definitely married into her family for sure. Um, her uncles are my uncles, her aunts are my aunts. Um, yeah. I love her parents. Like, so, I mean, I definitely feel like I married into her family cause they're a lot closer. Yeah. 
Um, so again, I think that's just a case by case. Well, then I would say the statement was false. Because if it depends on the person, then you don't automatically marry into the family. That's true, I guess. Because that, that was my whole point. Yeah. Um, because I got told that a lot. Not that my girlfriend, or my, my girlfriend, not <laughs> her family sucks too, but my wife's. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. My, my wife's family is really not that bad. Like, we, we like a lot of people in her family. Right. Um, they're a good time to be around. They're a little bit more chill than what my family is sometimes. Right. Um, but I got told that a lot. You marry the family, you marry yeah. the family, you yeah, marry the family. I think you marry the person and I think you need to be really, really cautious. Look at their family, understand their dynamic with the family and that if you marry a certain type of girl, you do marry the family. Absolutely. And be careful about that. Look at her mother. Yeah. Um, Look at who her mother is. Look at what her mother looks like when she's that age. (laughs) Um, Understand that you're going to marry... You are marrying the family because it came from the family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to pick up yeah. a, a fucking... You know more about trees, but you're not going to pick up a Granny Smith apple and look at a bunch of, like, a McIntosh trees and be like, right. oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I've got a Granny Smith. Like, yeah. no, dude. The, the family is most likely the reason she's the way she is. Yes. In every aspect. Yeah. I, I mean, it is the reason yeah. she is the way... Whether it's good or bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it's she's the opposite of her family right. or whether she's the good part of her family. Exactly. That, that family created the woman, and so... And the dude, understand what you're dealing with and get a feel for that very, very quickly. And, you know, if you marry a girl that's really, really in tight with her family, then you did marry the family, kind of like what you were saying. Yeah. And understand that you're going to have to deal with that and it's going to cause a lot of fights. You know what I mean? If you're not game with that, then yeah, it's going to cause a lot of fights. Yeah. If you don't, and if you don't like her family in general, just be prepared. You know, like if, if you don't like her family in general and, you know, she's not too terribly close to her family. Just understand that if you don't like them, she's still going to be closer than what you probably want her to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you yeah. if you truly don't like her family, yeah. no matter how close she is to them, she's probably going to be closer than what too you close, want her to yeah. be. Yeah. And so, just be prepared for that. And it's it's something you can work through. And and my main thing was don't ever don't ever completely disregard a girl just because of her family. Oh no, not at all. Um, or a dude, don't ever just completely disregard them because of their family. They 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 could not end up like that. I think some of the greatest men on the planet. Um, ended up great men because their fathers were pieces of shit. Right. Um, so don't completely disagree, disregard a girl from her family, but understand who you're dealing with and what their family ties actually are. Yeah. And don't be like, oh, well, her dad's kind of an asshole, but, you know, we'll figure it out. And right. if she's really close to her dad, that's yeah. not going to work. It's going to cause problems, yeah. You know, like if she's really close to her dad and her dad doesn't like you at all and you don't like her dad probably not a good road to go down it's not gonna work out you know what i mean if she looks a lot like her mom and you know her mom doesn't look great in her (laughs) 40s and 50s don't expect you know that your wife's gonna just be a banger all the way through like her life if her mom's got a shitty personality yeah you know what i mean in her 40s and 50s don't expect that once you once she gets married and once she gets comfortable that her personality is not going to end up like that yeah you know, understand that. Look, look at the family for for clues and hints about what this girl really is and, and who she really is. Absolutely, you agree with that? Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, man, I think we've we've hit a lot of a lot of good topics, given some of the younger guys some advice. Um, reminisced a little bit about ruining one of Scott's dates. <laughs> God, that was so funny. <laughs> um, I still find that so funny. Isn't it just kind of wild being a spectator? 
yeah uh you know having your wife and just kind of watching other dudes like yeah dude i figure shit out isn't isn't it kind of wild yeah and i mean i hate i know hindsight is 2020 and i hate to say this but like yeah i could kind of see the way things were going like i said back in high school yeah i could see the way things were and the way they were going when that was six years ago Mm -hmm. and i was like i have to fucking do something now or i'm gonna be fucked yeah because i'm not i'm not getting on tinder i'm not on any of these fucking apps yeah um I was like, if I want to try and find a girl after this, I was like, I'm going to have to like go up to a stranger at a coffee shop and I'm going to get fucking pepper sprayed. <laughs> like like yeah. I have to fucking do Especially something. by your wife after the conversation that we had today. <laughs> your wife's so creeped out about yeah, your exactly. random people. <laughs> exactly. So no, I mean, good luck is all I can say, man. Yeah, good luck. And I, th- I think it's possible. And oh, you know, for sure. I had the same thing when I was pressuring some of my buddies when they were going to get out of college. Yeah. I started asking them, I was like, who the fuck do you think is going to be around when you're out of college? Yeah. Like, you're all gathered here at one place. Yeah. What the fuck do you think it's going to be like when you're out of college in some little podunk ass town? Yeah. And I will say that to a lot of guys if you've got a good girl and you're just kind of like, eh, I don't know, and you're taking that for granted, fuck you, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you're just waiting for something better to come along. Yeah. Come on. Well, those are the guys that have that mentality. Unless you want to fix it right here, right now when you're listening to it, those guys don't need to be married anyway. They don't. Um, but it, yeah, I, I agree with you. And something that Jordan Peterson said, I'm not going to be able to quote it exactly, but basically you're never, he said, oh, you can't sift through the whole 7 billion people right. that that are in the world or 350 right. million in the United States. Right. You can't sift through every one of no. those to find what you want. And no. you're never going to find everything that, no. that you want. There's no such thing as a soulmate. There's not yeah. one exact perfect person for you out there just waiting to come along like a Disney movie. Yeah. You have to find somebody that you like, that you're compatible with, and you have to make it work. It's not going to be fucking perfect. Well, and here's the deal, dudes. What you think is perfect, there's going to be things outside of that. Per- Say you draw a Venn diagram. Um, I don't even know Venn diagrams. Say you draw this this circle of what you think a, a perfect woman fits exactly inside this circle. What you're going to realize is that those few qualities that are outside the circle are what's really going to strengthen your relationship and maybe things that are going to be 10 times better for you. The, the, we talked about being uncomfortable in the last podcast. Right. Those things that you're going to have to deal with with a person that's not 100% perfect, they're going to make you uncomfortable and force you to grow in ways that you didn't really consider um, before that relationship. So for, for example, right. McKinley being such an extrovert, right? You, I don't know if you really wanted that when you started this, this is just a hypothetical. So don't right. call me out and be no. like, Oh, I didn't want that. No, but no. like for you being more of an introverted person, right. maybe you wanted somebody that wanted to stay home and play video games all day with you. Right. Um, but because you, you didn't settle, but you you took what you had and you worked with it. Oh, for sure. It made you a better person. Right. That one quality that you know wasn't necessarily in your perfect list of qualities. Right. It it, it forced you to be a better person. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> not that ex- specific example, but that you know those qualities that are outside of what you think you want sometimes right. can be right and beneficial. You know, and a lot of things you don't have to be exact on. Um, some things are kind of similar. So say like she is more extroverted than me, but like when we're at home, she likes to watch TV. Yeah. I like to play video games. Yeah. Pretty similar, but also very different at the same time. Yeah. So to compromise that, like one night a week, we watch TV together. One night a week, we play video games together. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a give and take there. So, I mean, it was, again, it's similar. The attitude's the same, but just you don't. 
have to find a carbon copy of yourself with a vagina. I mean, it's yeah, or even like even the perfect woman. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, <laughs> a lot of dudes think that they can grab a sex doll, write all the fucking words that they want of qualities that they want for a woman, right. and go out and hold it up in the air and be like, right. "Who is this?" Well, oh. <laughs> you know, like who who is this? You're not you're never gonna find that. No, and that's I feel like a lot of that a lot of these apps make you feel that way, like it's yeah. possible. You set these fucking search filters and go through and try to find the perfect one, and yep. that's not the way the world works. No, it's not. Um, yeah, that was the point of all that. Yeah, yeah they, they think they can just, like I said, that just find this perfect anatomically correct doll and just write all the qualities it wants and it comes to life. Like, that's, you know, intelligent and you know, blonde. Like, <laughs> write it all on this doll and, like, some voodoo, it, it appears in life. And if they don't get that, then they're not going to be happy. Right. Um, that's extremely ignorant. And understand that if, if you're on the outside looking in and be like, man, I wish I could find that perfect girl. If you're looking at Sam and McKinley and you're like, man, I wish I could find that girl that is just perfect like McKinley's perfect for Sam. Right. Part of the reason that that relationship is, is so well fostered and so well built is because they had to build it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like that's, that is the, that is what makes it perfect in the end or close to perfect is that you had to build it and get past those things that you don't really like about one yeah, another. For sure. You know, um, I talk about I've talked about like our stuff we do throughout the week. We yeah. came up with that like a couple months ago. Yeah. We've been together for seven years and we just now figured out like, hey, you like these things. I like these things. Not that it causes fights, but like, you know, not even, I don't even want to call it disagreements. But, yeah. You know, like sometimes you want to do something. Sometimes I want to do something else. So we compromised. We yeah. made this plan and now we have a weekly plan and it works out pretty great. Like, yeah. With the gives and takes and what she wants, what I want. Yeah, it takes time to build that. Absolutely. Um, and you you have to put a lot of work in. Yeah. And so don't ever think that you're just going to find this this perfect girl. No. Um, yeah. So, well, dude, I think that's everything. I think we've given guys a lot of good information, you know, younger men about how to how to find a, a good wife and, and how to make them a wife. Um, I really can't put it any better than what I think we have. Um, thank God that we were able to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it, greatest part of my, greatest part of my life is, is my marriage. Yeah. You know, if I've, I've done anything right so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bought a house at a really good time and I married a good woman. Those are like the only two yeah. super achievements that I've made. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I couldn't be more grateful for her. Um, just, just once she listens to all my podcasts, which is super rare. You know what I mean? Like yeah. most wives would be like, I'm not fucking listening to your podcast, yeah. but, um, she listens to all of them. She even writes down like quotes that she thinks that I'll want to remember at some point. <laughs> She'll go through and write them down. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. so wonderful. And I couldn't be more thankful of yeah. it. And if, if you leave with anything, if you leave with anything, you may say, Hey, look, all of their information, everything that they're telling us to do, or all of their advice is just garbage. If you leave with anything right now, it's that it is worth it. Oh, um, for sure. Whatever kind of work you do to get to get married and to, and to make that commitment, it is worth it. Absolutely. I mean, could you imagine not being no, married? I, no, I mean, I wouldn't trade this for being single and hooking up with whoever. I mean, I, yeah, it's not even a fathomable possibility. Like, I would never. Yeah. Want to give this up for that. Yeah. Or like a billion dollars. You know what I mean? No. You maybe. know what I mean? <laughs> Did you say maybe? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. A billion with a B is a pretty big number. <laughs> that is a pretty big number. <laughs> you can buy a lot of... Uh, b- <laughs> 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 um, but no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, 
Yeah. So if you if you take nothing else from this conversation, it would be that it is worth it and it is worth all the struggle to find somebody that you're truly committed to. Absolutely. Um, work on yourself. Work on that relationship. Get in there and uh, get married, boys. It's it's the trad thing to do. It's the Chad thing to do. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolute Chad thing to do is go get married and build a life. Yeah. Um, don't have sex until you're committed. You know, actually do it out of spite. Dude, Society yeah. does not want you to get married and be happy. Society, yeah, that, if that ain't the fucking truth. Do it out of fucking spite. Prove them wrong. Yeah, I, yeah. I think a lot of you dudes out there, you can do it. Um, find a good girl. Make sure that she's going to be good for you and your future family. Know what you want. Um, build that house. I just want to kind of reiterate, if I can find my notes, I've been fiddle fucking with it the whole podcast, so I have to go back to this page. But... Um, once again, this go listen to the song Wrecked by Turnpike Troubadours. But what started this whole thing is the, this quote from, from Turnpike. It says, Well, on down the road, we built our home out of bed sheets and styrofoam, hoping that the wind would never blow, or might never blow. And it's love and fight every day, like a Tennessee Williams play, not knowing how it ended when we signed on for the show. Um, don't be don't be like that. It, it's not a good place. A lot of people end up into depression and alcoholism and losing a lot of damn money because they didn't prepare for marriage when they started dating and just fell into it, built their home out of bed sheets and styrofoam. So don't do that guys. Well, thanks guys for uh, listening to this podcast. I think it was really good. Thanks Sam for, for coming on again. Um, Glad to be your first repeat guest. Yeah, dude, you're my pinch hitter. You're going to be on quite a bit. If I ever have any cancellations, you live within walking distance away. Absolutely. um, You might be, might be close to a co-host at this point. So, um, no man, I, I really like that. Uh, thanks for all of your information. You and McKinley are a great couple. I'm super looking forward to y'all having a kid. I can't tell you, I'm I'm, I'm super excited. Thanks, it's buddy. it's hard for me to like muster up enthusiasm. You know what I mean? Right. But just just know that I'm super excited. Right. Which I think I'm probably visit from the outside looking in. I'm probably more excited than you are probably for so. for a random person. But yeah. I know you're really excited, yeah, and so for sure. um, I hope that you can tell that we're really excited for y'all. And uh, yeah, man, I so many good things coming up and that couldn't have been built without marriage and what we were talking about today. So thanks again, Sam. Thank um, everybody. So I did want to confirm that for December, we are going to be doing a book club ish type thing that <laughs> I don't really know what to call it. I guess it is a book club. I mean, fuck it. I guess that's what it is. Um, would you call it a book club, Sam? Pretty much. Yeah. It's going to be a book club where we're all going to read the same book and I'm going to go through it and I'm going to share notes about the book and what I got from the book and what I think you should be getting from the book. Um, and hopefully I'm going to take some comments and see what y'all have to say about the book. The book is going to be The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. It's like $20. You have all of November to buy it. We're going to start this on December 1st. You're going to read 10 pages a day on December 1st, and we're going to go through the book like that. Every single week, I'm going to put out a, a book podcast where we talk specifically about The Comfort Crisis. Um, do it. You have no reason not to do it. If you, Honestly, look, DM me an excuse for why you can't do this. If you, if you think that you can't do this and be a part of this and read it, you DM me an excuse. And Houston, my little brother, I know your little, your ass has a Christmas break. So if nothing else, you can catch up during Christmas break and you can listen to all the podcasts. So I don't want to hear no excuses. I don't care if you're in high school working all the time. Um, no excuses for why you can't do this. Absolutely not. Buy, buy the book, read the book. It, I, excellent book, isn't it? It is. And it's not... I don't think it's what it sounds like from the outside. It has tons of good information. It, yes, it, it does. covers a lot of good aspects of life. Yep. Um, and it goes in, it's not just somebody telling you something. It goes into the science behind everything yep. that it talks about. And here's even the better thing. There's things that we don't agree, that we don't agree with in the book. Yeah. This is not going to be just a a, a, a a podcast where I go in and say, 
hey, this is this is the book and it's a great book and I'm going right. to tell you why it's such a great book. There's things I disagree with. There's things I agree with. There's things that proved me wrong in this book. Right. Um, would you say that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So get in there, get the book. Again, if you save a dollar a day in November, you can order it on Thanksgiving Day and have it to your door by Christmas. No excuses. If you have a valid excuse for why you don't want to do this, and I'm looking at you, Jonah. Jonah, you know. <laughs> Jonah, I know you're going to be listening. You DM me that excuse and try to make some bullshit up. Um, I know y'all can do it, and it's going to be good for you. So get that book. If you need help with the money, save a dollar a day. We'll get it figured out. I'll send you mine, for Christ's sake. I'll, I'll buy another one and send you mine. Um <laughs> So everybody be a part of that. Thanks for listening. Um, I think we're going to do another Q&A coming up pretty soon. If you have any podcast ideas or things that you want to talk about or anything, any questions that aren't like sensitive, uh, go ahead and DM me on Instagram. So like, don't like, don't ask me about something super personal that you don't want me to know. Remember that I am, I know most of you all personally. <laughs> so don't just send me like a really deep, dark DM unless you need to talk about something. I'm always here for my friends. For sure. But uh, yeah, if, if you want to ask it anonymously, we'll have a couple of those going up but if you just have a topic that you know you think you want to hear talked about with a certain guest or or something like that uh that you want me to talk about hit me up give me some more content ideas uh please share the show um this show is currently free and i know that a lot of y'all are giving your time um that you may not even listen to podcasts but you're listening to it just because it's my podcast number one i really appreciate that but number two um if you really agree with the mission and agree with what i'm trying to do here share the show uh that that's really how you can help me if you agree with the if you agree with the mission, put up an Instagram story because you're going to have at least one friend that I don't have. I guarantee that our friends list aren't similar. So put put the show up and share it and, and tell how much you like it. If you do, if you don't, don't worry about it. But um, that would really, really help me out. Uh, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it.